0: Perfect. all right uh, welcome back to outside the lines uh, join with me as my guest here julius I uh, won't bother butchering the last name uh, go ahead and introduce yourself <laughs> okay. and give me a kind of a uh quick introduction here
1: sure well uh, first of all thanks very much emma for having me on i really appreciate it um so my name is julius van Royen. i'm a real estate investor a redeveloper down in southwest florida in the cape coral area and I just started in May, uh, sorry, in March of 2020. So I've had this business for about a year and a half, and we mainly do uh, flips. Okay. So we've been doing, we've been, uh, we've purchased, we bought our our fifteenth or sixteenth uh, about a month ago, and we've sold, we've we've completed probably uh, what ten or eleven, no, eleven or twelve flips at this stage. So we're just uh, we're riding the, riding the wave right now in the market <laughs> yeah. with, in, in down down in of Florida, which is really cool.
0: Really amazing. awesome so what's the kind of the background of of how you got into real estate and uh we'll give kind of a backup to how old are you did you go to school anywhere did you take real estate in college or did you learn it from youtube videos or how did you kind of get started in that
1: yeah sure so uh i'm 27 years old i uh i moved to i'm from australia originally i moved to america uh when i was 21 to go to university at bowling green state university in northwest ohio and i studied sport management and uh i i I was at school for probably three and a half years and then my uh my now wife and i moved down to florida because she's a nurse so we both got a job uh down in fort myers i worked for the local baseball team that was in january of last year and uh yeah it was it was it was great we had spring training up until the middle of march when all the lockdowns happened and then uh working from home, you know, quote unquote. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, cause there was no minor league season. So our pay was just dwindling away. And uh, yeah, in June they let us go, but I had started out my real estate business in March. And uh, to kind of, to go back to your question about my real estate experience, I haven't, haven't really had much real estate experience. Uh, in my last year at BG, I've been reading a lot of books of, on real estate, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, listening to a lot of Bigger Pockets, uh, you know, podcast episodes. And I knew that real estate was going to be a, a part of my financial future. Uh, I didn't know the quality or quantity or the depth that it would have had in my future, but I knew it was going to play some part. And yeah, when we, now three days after we moved down here, I went to my first RIA meeting, uh, the Real Estate Investors Association meeting. And I met my now business partner who was sitting behind us. We exchanged business cards and uh, he'd done one flip at that stage. We decided to, after about you know three four weeks of of discussing what our uh, you know what our what our vision was for our for ourselves and our in our business, we decided to partner up, and kind of split the resources, split the risk, and uh, and yeah we went from there and we made our we had our uh, our um business agreement in February, and I started my I started Hamish Homes my business in March. Then so we bought our first flip in April, and then for the whole 2020 we bought one. Uh, property to flip per month uh, and then 2021 all the all the all the the market just went on steroids and then the, the demand was huge and the supply was low so it was really difficult our, our properties our flips were getting delayed you know two or three months just because of the supply and and the permits and like kind of stuff it was kind of a headache uh so and now we're now we're averaging every like six to eight weeks buying properties but we're still still on, still on a really good time but yeah, no, almost no, uh, no real estate experience besides uh, just educating myself.
0: And then Gee, just so just hearing that, there's people who are just will think you're crazy for even just starting that and going into that. So,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: what's the like, like you? Uh, it's one of those things where I kind of just randomly picked up a book one day or heard it on a podcast of like, oh, this is real estate or investing is the way I should be doing things. How did you kind of? Did someone introduce you to? To a podcast or did someone give you a book how did that kind of start out
1: yeah so it was actually my my mom my mother told me to read Rich Dad Poor Dad it was I don't know how many it was in 20 uh I don't know it was three years ago something like that my mom told me to read Rich Dad Poor Dad no idea what it was and I read it and then from then it was just it was it was done and I read I read probably that was in at the beginning of the summer and then the rest of that summer for the three months I probably read like 10-12 uh, books on real estate and business, and that just got me, you know, addicted to real estate. And uh, yeah, well, actually, so my parents were real estate investors growing up. They had, I think it was about 14 units uh, in total of uh, small multifamily and single family homes. And I, I don't really know that much about their business growing up. Um, but I actually bought when I was 20 years old. I, I didn't realize that I was a real estate investor, but so I was in the, <laughs> Australian, I was in the Australian Army when I graduated high school. Uh, and I deployed to to Afghanistan, and with my wartime money, I bought a a house when I got back at twenty years old. And I, that was just in the back of my mind. It, it was rented out; everything was paid for, and then that had appreciated in uh, in value. And so I I get I never really knew that I was a real estate investor. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then for my first for my first couple of flips, I sold that house, and then the profits from that went um, into funding a lot of the the first couple of flips that we had just to kind of build momentum um but yeah that's that's really how it got started my mom just introduced me to told me about i'm not sure how much she's right of it or how much she knew but uh you know she introduced me to reach that poor dad and that's just that's where it started and just exploded from there
0: that's just the, the gateway of of anyone who's that's gateway drug. that is the gateway <laughs> drug of, of all the real estate resources it's the the one-stop shop you have to read that or you're not actually a real estate investor what it seems like every person you talk to has heard of the book or they know about Mm -hmm. it so
1: yeah exactly Uh, i don't yeah i have no idea i haven't met i've met dozens maybe hundreds of real estate investors in the past year and a half and no one that i've met doesn't know there's not one person that doesn't know or hasn't read rich dad Dad, as you said exactly
0: it has to be so what's the the my next question going off of the back of how you just got started Last year it was. So, what's the mentality that you had to go ahead and go to a meeting and then just immediately partner up with someone in the back of you Like, how come you didn't go on on your own, or how come you decided to pick that person to partner with?
1: Um, I'm not. I don't. Looking back, um, I'm not sure if there was any, uh, real intent behind what I was doing besides just pulling the trigger and uh, just taking that leap of faith. Because there's an opportunity, there's opportunities. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, convinced right now that there are just like on the on the football field, just like in life and business, there are only three or four opportunities, you know, pivotal uh, opportunities that in your life that can really change your life and your or your mindset or your financial situation or your business. There's only three four times in in your life when you are given a situation, given an opportunity, uh, and you really need to pull the trigger on it. Whether it's uh, it's for good or for bad, for like learning situations and that kind of stuff, and that was that was kind of what I thought was a a really good opportunity for me to either succeed straight away uh, or not succeed straight away, but learn a lot. Uh, but I knew that was that was one of the three or four opportunities that I will have in my life that I needed to take a leap of faith and just know that it was going to work out. I had no no uh, other opportunity, no plan B, but it had to work out because that was what I needed to commit to for that, you know, pivotal uh, lifestyle choice, I guess.
0: Yeah. So what was the kind of thought process when it came to breaking down uh, the risk aspect of it? Were you putting all your eggs in one basket? Was this the majority of your yours and your wife's savings account? How did that look on the personal side, if you don't mind? For the
1: first like couple flips? Yeah. Yeah. So that was um, in terms of the risk. So I was actually, I was getting into real estate uh when the lockdowns happened uh lenders weren't really lending anything or if they were it was the interest rates were really high because no one just had any idea they were just kind of holding their wealth and and not you know lending it to to different real estate investors and i was speaking to other brokers agents uh, other other you know real estate investors in the area when i was getting into it not knowing what i know now and they you know it was it was doom and gloom they uh thought it was you know 2008 all over again and you know, people were because all the lockdowns happening. People who own restaurants were like, you know, losing money hand of the fist, and they said, you know, run away from real estate. Don't don't do it yet, you know. And there's a there's a Warren Buffett quote saying, "Be greedy when I was a fearful and fearful when I was a greedy." And I just thought straight away, I was like, shit, if everyone's running away from real estate right now. Like, who's there's no there's gonna be no one there to buy the houses.
0: It's go time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of um i'm 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 i am a pretty risky person just you know i'm 27 years old i uh i don't really have in terms of my net worth i don't really have much to lose when i started so and if i did have if i did lose something then i would have decades to 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 bring it back so uh i was a lot more risky when i started I'm, I'm probably still uh pretty risk heavy and it was all, all of our eggs in one basket i as i told you i sold the uh my, my rental property in Australia and the proceeds came over here and that funded you know, one or two of our, of our flips. Uh, and then I you know, reached out to family members, reached out to um, you know, friends, neighbors, I was posting on social media and people. And that's really what funded, uh, what has funded everything since then is people seeing what we're doing, people trusting us um, and people knowing what we do. And we, in terms of like a risk factor, we, we do diversify in different classes. So we do buy lower two hundred thousand dollar properties. We buy middle five hundred thousand dollar properties. We buy high end million dollar properties. Um, so that is—it may sound silly, but that is diversified for <laughs> us anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but it's yeah, we were we were pretty risky going into it in the first couple. As I said, you know, we were committing into the first couple of flips. We was committing. It was gonna. We were either gonna win or we were gonna learn. And that's yeah, just so our, that's, that's our mindset with the whole thing.
0: That's the kind of leads me into the next part of it is, do you have any intention of going back to working in sports management or how do you kind of um, think about that? And do you like the lifestyle you're building in real estate only, or do you want to have any, like have any urge to go back?
1: I have no intention to go back to anything (laughs) besides what I'm doing right now. I love what I'm doing right now. It's amazing. I'm working more hours, but they're my hours and my effort is going directly towards my net worth and providing for my family. You know, it's the, it's the nothing against, you know, W2 or nine to five people. Um, yeah. I, I just can't, I can't, you know, listen to someone and I, I can't uh, work, I can't put in, especially in a, in a, in a baseball, in a, in a home week, you know, 70 hour weeks during the season, um, like on a, on a home stretch, I can't be selling, ticket packages and i can't sell you know fifteen thousand dollars i'll say hypothetically i can't sell fifteen thousand dollars worth of uh ticket packages or seats and then only get you know like a five hundred dollar commission from that like woo you know like <laughs> if, why can't i just i if i just start the business myself it may be a smaller pie but i'm getting 100 percent of the pie kind of thing and I, I, have, I have all the confidence in the world that um in myself and my business partner and where we are right now in our business and i i couldn't no, you couldn't pay me enough. I tried to put a number on about six months ago on my annual salary um, and you couldn't you you couldn't pay me enough. it would it would probably be in the range of like two to three hundred thousand dollars a year that I would go back to a w two job. and even then I would probably just quit and come back to working in <laughs> yeah. my own business and real estate just because it's the freedom the the most valuable asset obviously in in your life is time. Money you can get back. time you can never get time back. and working, for for someone else, from twenty to fifty, twenty to sixty, saving up having a million, saving up a million dollars to retire, it just it it scares the the life out of me. I can't yeah. I can't do that. I'd rather I'd rather risk it all in the beginning, um, just for a chance of you know relying on myself and being my own uh, being my own provider.
0: You can all, like you said, you can always go back and get a job. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're both around the same age here. I'm twenty six or twenty seven. So I mean mm-hmm. we could. Again, fail for the next three to five years and still be exactly just yeah. fine and go get another job. Yeah. So yeah. there's
1: a, there's a, there's a, uh, I think it's a Mark Cuban quote. It could be, may not be Mark. It's probably I think it's Mark Cuban. It says, the only difference between uh, a winner and a loser is a winner uh, tries one more time. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I can fail for 30 years, but on the 31st year, I'm going to hit it big. Yeah. You know, and I was just in a fortunate position to where I, where I uh, am starting to hit a big, I'm at the hockey stick stage of hitting a big in in the first in in two years, you know. But yeah, I don't. There's no, I I can't I can't go back to a job.
0: There's no you know? no turning. So, back sorry for to you. the sorry to the W two people
1: <laughs> listening. You know, best of luck to you. But uh, I can't, I can't do that. I've already yes. I've already uh, I've already tasted the drug of of being an entrepreneur and being self reliant. I can't go back to that life.
0: Every entrepreneur you talk to is there painfully unemployable they're just yes yeah,
1: exactly yeah
0: they would make the worst employee like you said you would probably quit after the first week of being like i'm not yeah. doing this this is awful yeah. i'm not listening to you i'm my own boss now
1: yeah right yeah <laughs> I like I, I just have it in my mind it's like some some manager who's talking to me who's like two years older than me has half the experience talking to me as if like they know more than me i'm like just shut up all right you know.
0: <laughs> so how <laughs> not does not doing, that play nah. out with that <laughs> So your, your wife is, is a nurse and she does the whole, um, she does the nine to five thing, I would say. So it's, I mean, they're incredibly more talented mm. people in the, the nine to five field. I'm friends with tons of nurses, have nurses mm. in my family as well. So um, mm. me- being in the medical field is, I would say, completely different than a lot of what else is out there. But yeah. how do how do you manage dealing with, with her crazy schedule along with you working crazy hours as well?
1: Yeah. So uh, she's actually a trouble nurse. Um, she started traveling once uh, COVID hit, and then we we traveled around the country, um, you know, New Jersey, uh, New York, South Carolina, done a couple stints in um in Florida, one in Virginia. She, we, we've been traveling all around with her with her, uh, you know, doing different contracts around the country. Yeah. and uh, I can, I'm lucky enough that I can work uh, from home because we have an agent who buys and sells the properties for us. We have a, a, a contractor who. Renovates the properties. Sometimes uh, my partner and I do some hands-on stuff like demolition or uh, landscaping, but for the most part, you know, our jobs are done at home. Um, besides checking on, you know, checking on our contract every now and then, trying to manage uh, rehabs, and I uh, yet yeah, for probably half of my uh, half of my business, I haven't been in in uh, in Southwest Florida. We've been out in different states, um, so it's been it's, it's been a huge blessing as well. And our kind of our contract for Ellen. Uh, Ellen, my wife, is a uh, when we when we started when we went down this this real estate journey, uh, she wants she her whole thing in life has been she wanted to be a uh, a mom she wanted to be a mother she wanted to be yeah. a stay at home mom that's the whole thing and I I I completely respect that I want that for her as well and I said for me to start this business up, because travel nurses make a fair bit of money uh, as very to very staff, lucrative yeah staff nursing yeah so my contract with my wife was. You were You'd be a travel nurse and work and pay the bills for the for the first five years, just so I can get this business rolling, so I can so I can maintain momentum and bring in this passive income to support us financially. So you have the first five years to do that, and then I have the last sixty-five years. That was our contract. <laughs> was like, so if you're okay with that, then I'm gonna do I'm gonna do everything that I can in my power to build up this business in five years, so we can live our life. Um, you know that not a lot of people have to watch Rita do, so she was happy with that contract. Um. So yeah, we're we're a year and a half in right now. So that's been, that's that, so that's awesome. how we kind of juggle it. Is that we have this we have this this contract between us that she needs to work. Uh. You know contracts every year, uh, for five years, and then uh, yeah, she's she's off taking care of the kids. So
0: that's so cool that I you know mm-hmm. never really hear about like actual contracts of or at least kind of verbal agreements things like that between mm-hmm. a- husband and wife team especially when it comes mm. to investing and in real estate stuff like mm. that because people's risk tolerances are so off the wall and so very yeah. different so it's good to see that you guys are a team very much so and have a exactly
1: a very good yeah, idea
0: not all yeah see that's the backbone mm-hmm. of, of every strong man is a stronger woman behind him
1: exactly yeah
0: so, so what's the biggest thing for me now Was be getting into you talk about your investments in Florida. There, do you have any investments that are out of state? Are you guys local to that Fort Myers area?
1: Um, no. So all of our properties for now, all, we, all of our flips are in Southwest Florida. We have okay. we've done one in Naples, we've done a couple in um, uh, Fort Myers, and then all the rest are in Cape Coral, mainly Southeast Cape Coral. Um, we are. We've considered in the part, like probably six months ago, I was seriously considering and making moves. On buying rental properties in, uh, you know, Alabama, just because of the really low property taxes, a lot of uh, headquarters are moving there. A lot of federal agencies are going there, um, just because the, the the cost of living is so affordable. A lot of people are moving there. The population growth is is, is really good in like Huntsville, Birmingham.
0: Uh, I was going to say that uh, so, Huntsville is the big one there. Uh, so is huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were we were talking about getting uh, a
1: long term rental there. But with prices right now, it's really hard to find one percent properties on, like, uh, on the market on the MLS. Uh, and for us to find off-market properties, we'll have to either go to a wholesaler who's who's bidding up the the, the property thirty, forty thousand dollars, <laughs> or invest six months into getting into doing off-market lead generation. That'll take you know four to six months before we can even see it. So right now, we're actually uh, buying in the next six months. We're going to buy a couple of short-term rentals just for kind of you know accelerated cash flow. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, we're looking into to doing uh, Tennessee. And then we have one property that we're going to be closing on in a couple of months in Southwest Florida and Cape Coral, but no, for the most part, it's all down here. It's all down so, here just because the population growth is just, is, is exploding.
0: And I've seen the, I know the big one that stood out was the Jacksonville markets going insane. Um, mm. People are moving their hand over fist and with yeah. everyone leaving New York and, california mm. florida is another good option for people to to get down That's there great.
1: yeah it's great it's amazing and we we love it we love everyone coming down here it's uh <laughs> the obviously not just the um you know the value of the the property appreciations uh are going up but uh yeah i, I think people are uh you know realizing with uh expenses you know people are seeing that the taxes down here it's a it's a lot more affordable and livable down you can buy a, a really good property for three hundred thousand dollars you can buy a good property for, for three four hundred thousand dollars and in you know california and uh, new york you can barely find a condo either for two thousand dollars a month or buying it for like six seven eight hundred thousand dollars so
0: i think it's yeah, so uh...
1: suburban suburban lifestyle and that's where florida really comes in handy
0: so i know all too well here in southern california um let's yeah. see here
1: <laughs> my condolences
0: yeah. well welcome well, welcome here in Florida it's come down. I was going to say, I'll, say I'll weather is It'll be almost the same and like I said yeah. I know someone now who can who can give me a good place yeah, yeah. okay so does your where, does your business partner have the same kind of aspirations to stay local or do you guys I know you mentioned short-term rentals uh, in Tennessee where the, was that going to be in the Gatlinburg area oh, yeah we yeah, were
1: considering Gatlin because I think Gatlinburg is the number one area um, right now in the Smoky Mountain area. Um, that's that's only been, I've only really been realizing this um, in terms of making moves in the last few weeks. Um, but that's a, that's more of the passive side of of uh, our business. And that's just gonna be personally between my wife and I. And then the active business, the flipping is gonna be between my business partner and I. And then he has his own rentals. I think he has a couple of rentals in um, Wisconsin or Minnesota. Um, and then he has a rental a couple of rentals down here as well, but that's on his, his only personal side and then our rental is going to be in our personal side. And then the active business is, is between us. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's the, he's the same thing with, um, with this active business It's just staying local just because of the migration, uh, patterns that are happening and the population increases uh, So in the, in the next couple of years we will be, we'll probably hit uh, a million people in the, in the area. now we're at 800,000 um so it's yeah it's it's huge we have no intent on on going anywhere just because of how uh successful our business has been right now it may change a couple of years from now you know one two five years from now we have no idea what's going to happen but for right now uh, our intention is to stay in the cape coral area just because of uh, as i said the appreciation and the, the people flocking down here we, we we it would be it would be uh, irresponsible for us to do anything else
0: that sounds like you guys have it kind of nailed down too. Like you said, just mm-hmm. kind of keeping everything active just between you two. And then um, mm-hmm. when you want to do the more of the passive stuff and buy and hold, you're going and doing that in your name and with your, your wife on the side there. Yeah. Do you have yeah, any other intentions of leaving your, I mean, you said you love flipping and that's, you're the, the businessman right there. So do you have any intentions of going more into the the buy and hold side to do uh as a full-time thing or do you want to keep flipping day to day and keep doing the that grind so to speak
1: um it again or like really depends on the market on the market cycle that we're in right now it's a really good time to flip um but yeah i don't really i i, I don't see right now it's just a it's a day-by-day thing just because of how uh you know markets can can change but right now the, the market's perfect for for flipping uh it's a little stressful just because of the <laughs> of the uh, permit delays, the the you know the low supply, the high demand, you know, uh, flip, putting hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars into a property, things do come up. You know, it can be really stressful, but that's just a part of it. You know, it's uh, the the good thing about the the good thing about uh, flipping is that it is uh, mentally challenging, and I can really grow as a business owner. And you can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money in six, twelve months. Uh, the bad thing is that you get taxed a lot with capital gains. Very tax. much so. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little stressful, uh, and then it's just completely flipped with long term or long term or short term rentals. It's it's steady cash flow. It is uh, very tax friendly. You're not making a ton of cash straight away, but that just you know builds up. And yeah, so I I, I don't plan on going. I don't plan on going uh, into the rental side soon. Like you know myself managing it full-time if i were to be putting a lot more emphasis onto the either the long-term or the short-term uh, you know rental uh, properties it would have to be handing the property off to property management companies you know professionals who can not only look after the property but look after the tenant and because at the end of the day the, the especially the rentals the two most valuable assets in your in your portfolio are going to be the property management company and the tenants and as long as those two those two are A1, as long as they're good, then you're not going to have any issues. And I don't want to ruin, I don't want to be responsible for, uh, you know, finding a really good tenant or, or, you know, managing the property. I'm happy to pay 10, 20% to a property management company, and then they take care of everything. And that's when I can focus on either building the active business or starting a new business or wholesaling or lending or anything like that.
0: So it does sound like you've given a little bit more thought to the the after effects of, of, flipping and everything like that. So what would, uh, I know people talk about lending. It seems like the most, I guess, passive way to, uh, really experience the, the real estate sector is just kind of doing what I'm sure a lot of people at those RIAs do is this, they go get some hard money lender or, mm-hmm. um, some private capital. Um, have you thought about being on that side of things? What's the, the benefit to that side wow. or what's the kind of, uh, advantage of that and moving out of the day-to-day flip world.
1: Yeah, I have definitely thought of that. Um, so in, in the hard money, I can, all you need, this is all you need, this may this sound silly, but I was like, all you need <laughs> is a million dollars. All you need is a million dollars and lending it at a 10% rate, you're making $100,000 a year. And that's that's more than enough for you to, to live you know, comfortably and pay the bills. Um, so that is something that I have, that I've definitely considered. The good thing is that it's completely hands-off. You can, you know, when you're lending as a hard money lender, uh, you have, you know, 99% of the time you have control of the property. You have the the first or second position on the property. If they fail to pay, you take uh, ownership of the property. You either sell it yourself or you maintain it, you know and you have all that equity that you have in the property as well as uh, the money that that you are making. Uh, that is a good thing, It it, it can be good for taxes. It's actually better for taxes if you are buying real estate. So, um, if it's a long, if it's a rental property, not only are you making the cash flow from the property, from like from the rent, but you're also uh, increasing uh, the you know the equity buildup or the or the mortgage pay down. There's also tax benefits for write offs, and there's also um, you know appreciation, market appreciation of like three, five, eight percent, something like that. So that is like altogether, you could probably make get between like twenty and thirty percent annually in terms of your return on your investment with a rental property, as opposed to just a 10% return as a hard money lender.
0: Okay. So the biggest so, thing now with um, all the real estate game and everything like that, that I've noticed um, is everyone's going to these meetups. So how important has networking been to uh, starting your business and continuing to grow that?
1: It's everything. Networking is everything. Your network is your net worth. It's it, it, that's it's as simple as that you can't uh expand it's a it's a it's a people business you know it's uh real estate and properties are just a tool that we use in the people business that's all it is networking is hands down the reason why i'm in this position i'm in and for anyone starting the first thing i say when people say i want to get into real estate i want to i want to be where you are i want to start I'm buying properties i said the first thing i say is go to your local rear meeting. And network with successful real estate investors. If you want to be a flipper, if you want to be a wholesaler, if you want to lend money, go connect with successful people uh, in that circle, like successful flippers at your local REA meeting. But you can't do it. You can't get to that stage where you would consider yourself a real estate investor or professional without being vulnerable and getting out there and networking, going to meetings. It's just I, I don't know anyone who has and who has made who has made a name for themselves without networking and going to these ring meetings. So what's meetings. the
0: biggest thing when it comes to um, like networking in these kinds of circles, because um, like I, I'm I come from a background of where my family has been in real estate as well. So hearing about um, all the different jargon that happens at these meetings is mm. not anything outside of my um, kind of realm of possibility and things that are capable. Um, but yeah. someone who's just coming in, working their nine to five, hearing that they can make, a hundred thousand dollar profit on a flip is something that's really kind of just out of what they mm. even can consider yeah. of making their whole yeah. salary in one transaction. Yeah. So how can, how do you think people can brace themselves for going to these meetings? And then actually when they get to these meetings, take good notes and actually network.
1: Um, the first thing I would say is be genuine because people, pr- professionals can see straight through it. If you're trying to be fake, if you're trying to be someone you're not, uh, if you're trying to scam someone, nine times out of 10, people can just see straight through it. So, and they're not going to work with you again. And, you know, word of mouth comes out. And in a small community, like a, a real, re, you know, a community and a small local regional group of, let's say, 50 people, if you intentionally or unintentionally screw someone over, if you have bad intentions, if you're not being genuine, you can pretty much consider yourself done in that real estate circle. So, be genuine uh, and just try to offer as much value as possible. And when you're talking about the uh, what well, the mentality between uh, you know working a nine to five job, making one hundred thousand dollars a year in salary and then flipping, putting um, you know a hundred hours into the flipping process and making hundred grand, you know that's it's just a complete mindset shift, and you can only you can only change that mindset if you're around successful people, people who have done it in the past, asking them, you know, it's be their best friend. So it's it's really about changing mindset from uh, what, but changing your mindset from, I would, I wish I could be in that position to, what would I be doing if I was in that position? What would a millionaire, successful real estate investor be doing if they were in this position? How would they be branding themselves? How would they be networking? How would they be communicating? And that's when you just replicate that to yourself. Um, Not so much fake it till you make it, but just have the mindset change of this is who I'm going to be, this is who I'm going to consider myself as, and I need to start acting like it, acting like a a real estate professional. And then just action, just daily action. Uh, It's something that I do in my business is that what is the one thing I can do today that I can help improve my business? Whether it's a social media post, whether it's an interview talking to someone about a flip that we have going on, I there has not been one day past that I haven't done at least one small thing that can help improve my business. So it's just small incremental steps, you know, improving yourself 1% every single day and stacking those days until you're hitting, you know, a couple of years from now, you're where you you know, your net worth is in you know, seven, six, seven figures. And you had no idea that that was possible when you were working as a, I don't know, as a server at Applebee's or something like that. hypothetically. Yeah. So it's just all about, uh being vulnerable and being genuine and you're always you're you're not going to know everything okay going to your first meeting no one knows everything their first meeting no one knows anything their first meeting that's the whole point of going to your first meeting and getting experience and and taking daily action and learning as much as you possibly can and leeching off these uh, in a good way leeching off these (laughs) successful flippers and learning as much as you can going to their properties learning their systems and uh, that's that's really what I think that's really what it's about is just being genuine is probably the the, the best thing I could do. No one, you know, everyone knows that uh, if it's your first ring meeting, you know, no one's gonna be like, oh man, this dude knows everything. Obviously they don't know everything. It's, the, it's your first ring meeting. So yeah. just, being, just be genuine. There's no, be real with yourself. Know what you don't know or know that you don't know what you don't know <laughs> and learning as much as you possibly can just being a sponge to every single thing in front of you.
0: And when you, and when you look the, at being it. Being the
1: dumbest person in the room, really. Being the dumbest person, being the least successful person in the room really helps. It helped me.
0: That's a, I was just going to say the same mm. thing. Is this? You have two ears and one mouth, so it's mm. always good to keep listening. And like you said, you come from a sports background as well. So being a sponge mm. to everything and being uh, vulnerable to everyone in the room and being able to know what you don't know and actually yeah. be like, um, check the ego at the door and go in there and kind of just get what you have to get and, and be done with it. So the biggest thing I wanted to touch on, too, was managing kind of imposter syndrome and uh, the early stage, fake it till you make it stuff. Because like you said, not everyone, it's not just in business either. i am never considered myself to be a runner, um, but then I started to tell myself, well, if I'm a runner, then I have to run. So I started saying, telling people and posting on social media that like I'm a runner or like I go cycling. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like you now you put it out that you you do that stuff so now you it. have to do that
1: you have to do it yeah
0: <laughs> i know like you, you just finished an iron man um it's yeah. one of those things where you post about it and you're like this is something that i'm doing now i have mm-hmm. to go do it
1: i do yeah exactly because i that's why the first day that i signed up for the iron man um i posted on social media and i was like i i can't be a fraud i have to do it <laughs> I'm, i have to commit now. Like, so- I'll, I'll, a broken leg is what's going to stop me. There's nothing else that's going to stop me. I have to. Like, you just have to. And calling yourself a real—that's actually—it's a good transition. It's Like calling yourself a real estate investor. I listened. I never um, really considered this until I listened to a, a podcast episode. They talked about this. is when I just started getting into real estate. They said, call you from day one. Even if you haven't raised any money, if you haven't flipped any any uh, any houses, you haven't bought a rental property yet. Consider yourself a real estate investor. Say you are a real estate investor. When you meet people, say I am a real estate investor. Because you, you may not have a portfolio yet, but you're investing your time, you're investing, uh, you know, your education in in learning more about about real estate. And it's having, as you're saying, like I'm a runner. I am considering myself a runner. I am running. I have to run because, yeah, you know, if you have, if you commit to saying posting on social on your social media saying I'm a real estate investor, catch me in two years with 20 properties in my portfolio because I am committing right now. I am a real estate investor. You know
0: like you said very personal to you uh what's yeah you have a growing number in your portfolio and everything's been done that way uh, what was the what was the biggest thing for for you when it comes to this mentality of of getting into real estate of saying okay now i actually have to go out and put in the work like was it when you left the the ria meeting was it before the meeting was it um months leading up when you were talking to your wife after you were reading up online about hey i think we're going to do this or this is what's mm-hmm. going to happen what was that kind of shift between like this is just a thought to okay i'm like i'm in it now
1: um the the shift wasn't until i started seeing success um because in the first like four or five houses that we bought i was really in I, my net worth wasn't anything you know it, I mean, still not in you know, comparison to a lot of other people, but like I was, my back was in a corner. I had nothing to lose. So my mindset was just like, I'm going to run as fast as, as possible. And I really have nothing to lose because I have nothing really. So the first few houses, and then when we started getting, um, started cashing those big checks, starting selling those properties. And then that's when we had momentum and we were, were buying more, buying more, buying bigger, buying better. And that's when I sat back and I was like, man, like I have something to lose now. Like I can't, I can't, uh, you know, s- sit back and just. I'm, I'm no longer in the corner of the room swinging. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I have to be very strategic about this now. You know, that's why what, that's what's really dangerous, and that kind of uh, worried me a little bit because now I have we have properties. I have I have a an LLC. I have a business that if I stop doing what I'm doing, or if I am not, if I'm careless about what I'm doing, I'm going to lose everything. So that's when it really hit me about uh, about changing my mindset with things, being a lot more intentional with it, not just shooting from the hip. Um, yeah, so so that, I was just going to say, how did that change yeah.
0: the the day-to-day business aspect of it? How did that change your mentality of, okay, we can't just jump into this deal. We have to actually think about this and how it can mm-hmm. affect the rest of our portfolio.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How was that? Show? It was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was worrying and kind of caught me up. Like uh, it was, it was a huge change it took me about two months probably in 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 total time to to get over or to change uh, my mindset and Ellen actually was was one of the biggest helpers of getting me into that space Um, just giving me the confidence that I needed to to know that it's it's a process really and I'm not going to achieve it I'm not going to achieve it tomorrow and it's something that I have to uh, you know willing I have to be willing to lose to really grow and be vulnerable and just uh, get to that stage where it's like, yeah, I know that I have everything to lose now. And I just have to be genuine and I have to be real with the people who are lending to my business, the people who are selling me their houses, the people who are buying our houses. Then that's now something that I have to, it's just integrity is probably the biggest thing. Saying like, yeah, I, you know, when I started six, you know, three months in, I was like, oh yeah, we got two houses and I'm gonna buy as much as possible. Cause like I have nothing to lose, you know, screw it.
0: Yeah, but now yeah, it's
1: yeah, exactly. Now it's like, <laughs> oh man, I you know we I have my my net worth getting up there a bit, and it's uh we have we have a lot of properties in our portfolio, and being a lot more strategic and having having integrity with what you do is really what has made me sit back and be a lot more intentional with with what we do. So,
0: so more on the on the back end side of of that. Uh, this is more like nitty gritty stuff. But how do, how do you manage the the profit splits and how do you manage putting away money to save for taxes? Do you do that upfront? How do you kind of do that um, for between you and your business partner?
1: Yeah. So we have a, we have an accountant, we have a, a shared accountant um, with the businesses because we have our own uh, separate LLCs and then the, the company that uh, buys all of the flips are owned by LLCs, fifty fifty by LLCs. So uh, yeah, that, that's, it's really, I don't really know that much about taxes. I actually bought a book, uh, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. It's right in front of me now. So I, I'm, I'm gonna be reading that in the next few, in uh, a couple of months about knowing more about the tax system, even though it's ever changing. Um, yeah, we do have, we do pay uh, professionals handsomely to take care of that for us because I don't <laughs> wanna waste, I don't wanna waste time in and, and learning everything in the tax system, cause it's just gonna stress me out and it's gonna be exhausting. But we do, yeah, from from day one, we've had a uh, a 50-50 mindset with he finds the properties and he manages the project. And then I network, I raise money, I uh, bring business in. And that's that's how we've handled it since since day one. It's been great. But um, that's yeah, what, I what love that to hear great that stuff too. were you, you referring to?
0: That was just one of the that led me yeah. to the next question here of how did mm. you I love hearing about business partners complementing each other and how, how do you do you guys raise money on on every flip you do or how do you guys determine when you're going to raise money
1: so we this is this is kind of where the stress comes in so we <laughs> determine how much we money we need to raise based on the property that we're under contract on so so as a as an example yeah it's it's super stressful we can't it's not like a pool of money we can't raise like a, a rate, like a real estate, a trust, or a, a yeah. big pool of fund, or anything like that, and then buy the property because then people wouldn't be uh, the lenders who lend on our properties. They get second position on the mortgage of the house, so if we don't pay, they can just foreclose and take the property. Um, and that, that you can't happen. That can't happen when it's a pool of money. And the edge that we have is that we give them the the mortgage on the house as security. So, what happens, uh, as an example, with most of our properties, is that we we go into contract on a place and we have a hard money lender who, who does 85% of cost. And then the 15% that's left over plus, you know, six, six months of holding costs plus uh, insurance interest and all that kind of stuff is where we get our lender, the private lender to fund the gap funding. Uh, and then let's just say, you know, my, my business partner is going to call me and he's like, Hey man, you know, run a contract in this place, hear all the details you need to, you have 10 days because the inspection period is up in, you know, let's say hypothetically it's up in 10 days. He's like, you have, 10 days to find $200,000. Uh, so and that's when I'm like, all right, cool. So that's when I start <laughs> working, you know, 14 hours a day, sending emails, making calls, social media posts, reaching out to, to family, friends and associates and neighbors and people who know, you know, other investors, people who know what we're doing, just scraping together the, the 200 grand, um, and, like hypothetically. And uh, yeah, that that's in and, and, and my timeline, that's that's what it is. So it's it's a really is really cut and dry in terms of the number that I need to raise and the days that I need to raise and buy. And there's only oh been gosh. one, there's only been one or two properties that I haven't been able to raise, or we haven't been able to raise uh, the money. So that's been that's been pretty good, especially with me moved to the country, me not really having any roots, just moving down to a different state where I knew, where I didn't really know anyone. So um, how did I'm you kind happy.
0: of put together that that rolodex of people? What's your normal means of reaching out to people? <laughs>
1: Um, how I put together the, the context, is just networking, just, and, um, posting on social media, posting our success on social media, telling family and friends what we were doing. And then they were being curious. And if they're making, you know, 6% on the stock market, um, and I, I offer them, uh, you know, 6% of the stock market with no security. And I offer them a 10% in real estate with security. Then, and it's, it's a short six month uh, loan then they obviously, it, it makes more sense numbers wise to to invest with me
0: yeah um, it's a no-brainer yeah that
1: yeah yeah exactly um and sorry i was uh thinking about the other answer what, what was that question sorry
0: oh uh, just how did you go about being able to to put together that that kind of rolodex of people and my uh, yeah. kind of pulling that even how much has social media been a driver in your success to raise mm-hmm. that kind of money that quickly
1: yeah, it's been huge. So networking has been the biggest thing was what the answer to the question was. Networking has been the, by far the biggest thing, talking to other investors, especially in a, in a market like this where it's really hard to find um, really good profitable flips. Other investors are looking at me saying they want to get it on our deals. They want to lend us money. They want to be a uh, joint venture and partner with us on our properties because they can't find anything. And so we have more resources to find more deals because we know that there's going to be uh, people with money who can't find their own deals who can find it with us uh, so it's, it's really about networking and finding people who have big retirement accounts and finding people who have uh you know who can liquidate their stocks or take a line of credit out on their stocks and a huge thing is social media because that's something that i i am not good with uh i would consider myself a good social media person i'm just not creative uh, if it wasn't for my business, I probably wouldn't have social media because um, I know that it's just a huge part of, of showing my uh, showing my true colors as an individual and as a real estate investor, showing them the good, the bad and the ugly that's, that's happening in our business. And that way you can build trust because really it's just it's all it's as I said before, it's a people business and it's all about trust. It's all about building that uh, reliable image of myself as a real estate investor, as a professional who they can trust me with $300,000 of their retirement account that they've worked for 60 years for. So it's just about building trust and social media is a huge, is a really amazing way for you to, for you to build that persona of yourself as a trustworthy, reliable uh, investor who who, who you can trust your money with. So social media has been huge.
0: Yeah, when you look at it, not even just in the real estate industry, there's a across the landscape of of kind of venture capital and early stage mm. startup investing things like that. There's been people who've been able to raise funds of um twenty, forty million dollars within the mm. span of two days, just by oh, yeah. simply tweeting out. Um, yeah. That's just how how big social media matters to
1: yeah
0: to the landscaping of raising money. Uh, and you yeah. know, big, and that- bigger pockets is everywhere, so oh, people yeah, are definitely. constantly flowing them deals and mm. so when you decide to put yourself out there, that's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh when people tweet out, uh like these big syndicators, they they send an email blast out to people saying we have a we have a apartment complex that we need to raise, you know, 10 million dollars for. And then within 24 hours it's it's completely funded. And people oh, yeah. see that and they're like, oh man, I could never do that. But these guys have been in the business for like 20 years. And they're finally getting to that stage 20 years later, finally getting to that stage where they can raise that much money or 10 years later where they can raise that much money. And then someone like me, who's been in a year and a half, I'm like, oh man, I could never do that. But they were thinking the same thing when they were, when they were a year and a half into the business. So it's like, there's a, there's a saying, I don't know who says it, but uh, it's you under, maybe it's Tony Robbins. I think it's Tony Robbins. You underestimate, no, you overestimate what you can achieve in one year and you underestimate yep. what you can achieve in 10 years. So it's really about stacking the days. What what, like, what my what my uh, adage was about what's the one thing, every day there's one thing that I need to do to improve my business. It's about you know, reaching out to people, knowing, being humble and knowing what you don't know and knowing that you have to start from humble beginnings in the first couple of years of your business so you can build up the experience, so you can build up knowledge, so you can build up trust and reliability. Because people aren't gonna, I'm gonna send you $300,000 if you haven't done any deals yet, if you haven't done any flips. They only trust you if you have a dozen flips under your belt. He's like, okay, this dude knows what he's talking about, and that's when you get to the, the 10, 15, 20 year stage, where you could literally be sitting on a beach in the Bahamas and tweet, "I have a uh, an apartment complex in um, in Idaho. I need to raise ten million dollars. Who's in?" And then within a couple of days, boom, you've got it. But that's 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 not overnight. You know, people need not to realize that it's it's just a consistent consistent workflow, consistent action um knowing that it's a process and it does build up and it does it does come back to you it does it definitely does come back to you so not getting getting discouraged is happens to everyone it's happened to me several times getting discouraged with getting discouraged with i'm not achieving what i want to achieve but knowing that i will achieve it eventually with the process that i'm that i'm following
0: and the biggest thing you said is showing the the good bad and the ugly that's how you build the trust no no one's going to trust you if you're only posting your wins
1: Mm. yeah exactly
0: okay so that brings us towards the end of our show here what i sent them over to you Mm. let's hear the outside the lines portion of of why i do this is to hear about what you Mm. do outside of the realm of business so what's a couple things that you the guilty pleasure that is reality tv or what what's kind of your your thing
1: um guilty pleasures so i had I actually had a tough time thinking about this answer because <laughs> so I, I play. i love playing golf i'm not sure i'm not really sure what you can define a guilty pleasure as but i i do really enjoy playing golf um i love detaching on sunday and watching football all day i love doing that that's my favorite thing about i but I, as i said like every day working in your business i i always wake up at like seven in the morning and make a social media post do a quick video send out an email something like that and then Nine ten o'clock happens, and I just completely detach, and I watch pregame, and then I watch kickoff, and I watch everything until like eleven o'clock on Sunday, and that's my. I think that's probably my biggest guilty pleasure is just detaching from the world and and laying down and watching football. Just and that kind of like re energizes me. It's great. But then uh, my wife and I we watch. Um, we started watching Squid Game a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, that's I, been that's been wild. Oh my god,
0: <laughs> I'm almost finished with it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still a little. It's. I don't know if it's worth the complete hype, but I've enjoyed the show overall.
1: Yeah, and it's really different, especially like with the the, uh, the subtitles mm-hmm. and because the the um like the English on there because they're speaking Korean and like the English is obviously different to the words that they mouth. Not only is that different, but the the English speaking translator is they use different words than the subtitles even.
0: So, yeah, everything's so it's, dubbed it's, 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 and it's, it's different. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But um yeah, no, my, uh Ellen and I we go through every like month or so we watch different uh like Netflix series, you know, shows and stuff. We just finished uh we just finished out of Banks uh about a week ago. Love it. And that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I think that I think season three is coming out in uh the middle of next year. So yeah, it's big it's my girlfriend and I now. are
0: huge fans of that one too. So yeah, I totally get where yeah. you're coming from on that. Yeah, so piece of content recommendation um or just something that some tweet or do you yeah are you currently watching a, a show that you want to recommend to anyone or is there an entrepreneur that's putting out a podcast that you like
1: yeah yeah so i'm gonna stay in, in real estate so i'm reading a book right now um it's called raising capital uh in real estate or for real estate it's by hunter thompson and because my, my job in this business is to raise money, like raise funds for our flips. And that's been really good, um, you know, learning how he does it because he's a syndicator, raises millions of dollars for apartment complexes and learning the systems that he does in terms of like social media, does a lot of emails uh, and just how I'm about halfway through, maybe two thirds of the way through right now and just getting, you know, golden nuggets here and there, like one golden nugget per chapter. This has been really good. So if you if you want to learn how to raise money, uh, I would I would recommend raising capital uh, by Hunter Thompson. So for, in terms of like real estate, the, where the value comes to real estate is finding money and finding deals. So finding money is, is from that book. And then finding deals, I, I just started listening to this podcast a couple of months ago called uh, Wholesale Hotline by uh, Jamil Damji, uh, Pace Morby, and uh, Brent Daniels. And they're uh, super successful wholesalers and, uh, and seller financing experts. And getting, they, they do a lot of, uh, you know, off-market lead generation and, and deal flow. And that's been a, a big thing for me as well with communicating how it just, I think the biggest thing that I learned was communicating to different people, asking the right questions, you know, how you can word different things to make uh, it sound better, you know, because I'm a very blunt person and I need to <laughs> I need to change the way I talk to people, especially people in vulnerable situations with their money or with their house. Um, so listening to those guys and how they can handle different, uh, different sellers, different contracts, different properties and, and flips and wholesales and stuff, has been really helpful to my business uh, and my communication skills personally. So those are the two things that I would recommend for people.
0: Yeah. And you look at, like you said, it's, it's taking time to, you look at it as just another deal, but a lot of times that's, that's someone's biggest investment in their entire life that they're about to get rid of. They raised their family there, their kids there. And Mm. that's,
1: Yeah, but you look at it as me. Yeah. Me as like, as an investor, I just look at the numbers. I'm just a big numbers geek, you know? (laughs) And I don't, and I don't see, I don't see what people are going through behind the scenes. You know, that's why like empathy and really connecting with someone is gonna be, is is the biggest hurdle for me to jump. And that's when that that podcast, uh, Wholesale Hotline comes in and just teaches you, you know, well, they, they give you their own experiences and their students, their own students' experiences and um, different people they've connected with and, and how they've been able to get over that hurdle. It's not about money at all. For most wholesalers, for most uh, people wholesaling their properties, it's not about money. It's about the situation and the terms and uh, family issues for the most part. So really learning about, about that and how to get over that hurdle is is super important.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing that like you said is empathy and being kind to to those people in those situations. So mm-hmm. next biggest thing we'll end on is someone you recommend that's worth a follow on social media. Anyone out there in particular?
1: On social media, so is this a business in general or is this in real estate?
0: uh just anyone that you feel would mm. kind of get value out of uh in real estate that you have someone in mind or you can give me someone else in business too
1: yeah okay so I, I uh i have two people one in real estate one just in the entrepreneur uh circle so the real estate one it's uh i don't think he has a social media but i'm just shouting him out because he's killing it he's a friend of mine jason to he uh just got licensed about maybe about six eight months ago in the state of florida as an agent uh, and he's been killing it with his with his uh, you know representing a lot of a lot of people closing deals. Uh, he's also bought a, a really nice property on the river, um, and it's a it's a commercial zoned lot. So he's going to be doing a ton of stuff, um, you know, building properties, doing like Airbnb or you know, like a, a small condo thing there. So he's got a ton of equity in that property. Just perfect timing, great vision for what he wants with his investment properties, and he's also uh, selling. Uh, you know, uh, selling roofs and uh, solar. Like, a, it's like he works for a company called Clean Energy Alliance or Florida Clean Energy Alliance. And uh, that, the value of that, of that company is just skyrocketing with so many people wanting solar on their roofs and, and clean energy because the, 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 electric, the electricity bills are just going out of control right now. And he's really taking advantage of what's happening right now in the clean energy circle and in the solar uh, circle. And he's, he's killing it right now he's like in five years from now he won't be doing anything because he's going to be sitting on the beach <laughs> with his with his fat stacks and he's going to be in, he's going to be loving life so he's he's really he's someone who is really inspiring to me uh who i'm seeing and he's, he's just killing it in business he's got all different types of uh real estate diverse like diversifying his businesses as an agent as an investor and someone who can service all types of real estate with like rubes and with our uh, solar panels so that's someone who's uh if you're on the area, if you want to sell a house, if you want uh, you know, a new roof or a uh, you know, solar panel, some kind of clean energy to, to, to lower your costs, definitely adjacent to me is for sure. And then on the entrepreneurship circle, uh, it's actually an artist. So a fine art, so a painter, a friend of mine, uh, Michael Miller, Michael Miller Fine Art. Um, and you can find him on all social medias. He has TikTok, Instagram, he has a web- website. And he has been, so where he's, I think he's just turned 30 or 31 and he is killing it right now with his, with his business. He just started uh, about six or seven years ago with his painting business. And now he's at that stage where he's just exploding. So he's gone to about a dozen uh, shows a year and he's, he's selling his paintings left right Front and Center. They are gorgeous paintings, like Midwest themed, like farmland kind of uh, paintings. And they're amazing. So uh,
0: Huge I would definitely, of those.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So michaelmillerfineart.com or net or anyway, just check him out on uh, on social <laughs> media Michael Miller Fine Art. Um and yeah how we can he all of his his social media is interesting because he does he's not focusing so much on the art. Probably 50% of it's art and then the other 50% is business is the business side of the art. And he's actually starting a podcast uh shortly about the business side of the art industry which I, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not a very credible artistic person, but I'm not sure so many people f- are focusing on the business side of the art no. industry. And that's something that he's just completely killing right now. So I'm, I'm super excited. Him and Jason, I'm just, Michael and Jason, I'm so excited to see where they're going to be in five years because uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be incredible the trajectory that they're both at right now. So they are two people that I would recommend uh, checking out.
0: That's so awesome too. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. I want to give a platform to anyone that is like he says willing to you said you're a reputable guy and it it means a lot that you come on and and promote those those kinds of people so if if you have any other links for them shoot them over to me i'll leave them in all their show notes and everything Mm. like that so people can Mm. can go out there and and share them with them but again i'll I'll want to reach out and and hear about everything that they have going on as well so i'd love to connect with them and keep expanding this network of great people
1: yeah and with Michael, Michael Miller, so he's like it's a business and a hobby, but it's also an investment, which is actually where you come in, because his paintings, the value of his paintings since he first started has like twenty x, you know, his because uh, when when people evaluate and get insurance on their on their artwork, it he started selling his paintings for like you know to, two, three hundred bucks, and now he's selling his paintings like you know five, six thousand dollars, something like Jeez. that. So Yeah, so the, just the value of um, the investment that. Uh, that people are buying from his, from his, it's it's literally an investment because it goes up in value every single year, based on his the notoriety that he gets and the value of his painting is the more experience that he gets. So that's actually an investment, which is pretty cool to, to think about. Painting I'd I'd, and then the investments, the value going up, it's cool.
0: I'm a huge fan of alternative investments, so mm. I'd have to get into the art. I love sports cards. So I can go down the rabbit hole of oh, wow, like that. Nice. So. So I'll have to check out that as well. So again, if there's any closing thoughts you have, leave the viewers, shout out your socials, anything like that. It's the floor is yours.
1: Thank you. So uh, on all, pretty sure all, uh, what is it? Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube. um, I'm Julius Van Royen, J-U-L-I-U-S-V-A-N-R-O-O-Y-E-N. And I just post about real estate. I document a lot of the stuff that I do. Uh, I try to teach people to reach out to me on Instagram. I reply to everyone. I try to help people out who are just getting into real estate. I do as much as I can, provide as much value as I can. So if anyone wants to get into real estate, start investing, please reach out to me and I'll be uh, happy to help
0: anyone out. That's awesome. Yeah, just a bunch of of us young people trying to Mm. to make these great connections out here. So again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, It was an amazing conversation. I cannot wait to put this out. It's going to be... Awesome. I think their listeners are gonna get a ton of value out of this. So again, I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you very much, man.
1: Man, Emma, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to next time.
0: Thanks awesome. again. There there will definitely be a next time. So cool. Be ready cool. for that one. What's going on, everyone? So great episode just recorded with Julius. He is a phenomenal real estate investor outside in the Florida market. He is in like Cape Coral that whole Naples area. So if you're interested in any of that real estate investing, definitely, definitely, definitely be sure to hit him up. He is more than willing to reach out to anyone on DMS and talk everyone through any other kind of problems you might be having. If you're interested in that, or if you're even willing to invest in his some of his projects, Uh, he's always looking for to take on new investments and New Capital. So be sure to reach out, give him a shout. With that being said, everyone, I would like to show my gratitude and appreciation on this episode. So thank you very much for listening and taking the time to comment, share. Um, I know so many of you guys reach out to me. So it's been a pleasure to kind of get to know everyone and take it in the direction that the you guys, the listeners, viewers, if you're looking on YouTube, are wanting this podcast to go in. So I'm having a ton of fun doing it and I will continue to put out content uh, here on YouTube. Uh, Definitely check out my TikTok. I'm starting to post more of my short kind of clips over there on anything I have going on in terms of business ideas or whether that's other investing stuff. So again, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. And I cannot wait to put out this week's episode with Julius. We'll be back again. I have another guest coming on. Can't say who it is yet, but you guys are gonna love it. So check back soon, guys. This has been Out of the Lines.